Uh, and so trying to figure out, you know, how to get this business going, I was just super, super naive thinking that it's just going to happen. You put up a website, people are going to call you. Um, needless to say that that didn't work. Welcome back to Navigation and Discovery with Cameron Singh. Thank you so much for tuning in. And on today's episode, we have Joe Peebles on the podcast. Joe Peebles is the owner of JP Arrow. He's also the founder of the company. And uh, they do uh, maintenance for private aircraft. And Joe and I connected. Interesting story you'll find out in the podcast episode. But we're going to go take a deep dive into Joe's story from... Uh, being in the military, uh, growing up in Samoa, and also um, starting his own business and the challenges of doing that and leaving the corporate job and that journey into entrepreneurship, the wins, the failures, the successes, the shifts. Uh, so you, if you're an entrepreneur or you're an aspiring entrepreneur, Joe is an awesome person to learn from. Joe has been recognized by the National Business Aviation Association as a top 40 under 40 recipient. Uh, so that is an awesome recognition within the business aviation industry where I uh, primarily work in as well. And so I really hope that you enjoy this podcast interview with Joe and learning more about his faith journey as well. So I hope you enjoy this interview. Well, Joe, welcome to the podcast. Happy to have you on. Absolutely, Cameron. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, awesome. Uh, well, for those listening in, uh, Joe is a colleague in the business aviation industry. And uh, we we met, I think, uh, how did we meet? I don't even know how we connected. I think uh, I read your book. I, I, I saw you post on LinkedIn um, about your book that you were writing and that it was coming out soon. And so I was like, Interesting. Let me let me take a look. I'm, I'm always trying to dig into aviation. Yeah. Uh, you know, trying to dig into the network and anything that's kind of written in that space. I'm like, yeah, let's let's dig into it. So, uh, I saw you're you're younger, and so that was that was interesting to me. So I went ahead and picked that book up and read it, and then I reached out to you uh, via LinkedIn, and then I think we talked a couple, like probably a couple weeks after that. So, yeah, and it, it was a. Uh, very awesome to connect and we found a lot of commonality in faith and mindset and and um also that we're you know have a passion for aviation so really looking forward to kind of um really unpacking your story and journey not only in the career wise but also you personally with your faith journey and 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 things like that so awesome yeah let's yeah. dig into it for sure. So to, to kind of start off in your in your in your story, really diving into your story, how did you really gain uh like the, develop that passion for the aviation field? You know, um, I've always slightly been interested. When I was a kid, um, we lived at the end of an airport, like literally right before the runway started was my house, and uh, <laughs> freaking. 747s would fly over my house and wake us up on the middle of Friday night. Uh, every Friday night, I lived on a small little island called Samoa uh, out in the middle of the Pacific. And Hawaiian Airlines would fly in every Friday at around 11. And so we bought that house and these airplanes would fly over my house around that time. And then some King Airs would fly over. Sometimes you could literally sit on top of my house and read, you know, you could probably read the data plate from my house. And so we were that close to these airplanes. Um, and 
that kind of sparked an interest in in airplanes period uh was really like just interested in watching them come in and land and that type of stuff and then um uh i'd say around 2003 2004 i joined the military and uh i joined to be an infantry guy and my dad was like no you're not going to be an infantry guy you're going to go into something that's going to help you in your future. And so I was like, okay, well, what do you want me to do? And he's like, you need to be, uh, you need to work on helicopters. And so uh, I got my first job in the military working on H-64 Apaches. And uh, I was uh, in a, in a Delta company, which Delta company for the unit is usually heavy maintenance and uh, did that for a couple of years. And I really started to, I was never never mechanically inclined before that. Didn't know anything about aviation. Uh, I didn't really fix things. I didn't do any of that stuff. But it w- it just kind of came natural. I kind of understood what I was looking at, how it how it goes together, and how to take it apart, and how to fix it. So, um, you know, learned all my basic skills there. Working on helicopters uh, started to really become infatuated with that idea of. How I mean, the first time I saw an Apache up close, man, it was pretty amazing. Like, this is a giant helicopter, and helicopter guys are probably laughing right now because they're not that big, but they're pretty big, right? <laughs> and that was the first time I'd seen a helicopter up close in person. And uh, uh, a couple years after I was working on those helicopters, uh, I, I got voluntold to be a door gunner on Chinooks. And so Chinooks are CH-47s. They're the big t- twin prop rotor helicopters. Um, and so I became a crew member on, on those aircraft flying. And, um, you know, that's really when I, it kind of locked in that, that passion. Um, kind of like just the freedom of flying. And it's kind of, it, it's not, it's almost like when you get your driver's license and you first learn how to drive and yeah. then you get to go drive by yourself. Right. Um, but the thing that I found super amazing about it is there's no roads. Right. So when you fly, I mean, you have like your, your sections where you can fly and not like that, but really, if you want to go right, you just turn right. If you want to go left, you turn left. If you want to go higher or lower, you just do it. And I think that that's like the, the, the biggest freedom you could ever have on this planet is being able to fly. Um, and so I don't know, man, it really sucked me in after that. Um, and I've been pretty diehard aviation fan ever since. Um, I thought I was really diehard when I was working on the patches. I loved it. You know, I loved being under the rotors and fixing the engines and then watching those things fly away. Um, but when I, when I started crewing is really where, where that passion kind of locked in for me. Yeah, awesome. And then um, what did you do after um, uh, you uh, left the service? What was your aviation kind of journey be it beyond that? Um, immediately, I went right back to Afghanistan as a contractor. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked on CH-47 Chinooks as a, as a me- mechanic. I did that for a couple of years, uh, came back to the U.S., Landed a job miraculously at Gulfstream working on G650s, uh, building those. And uh, I did that for a couple years. And then um, I left that space and went back to helicopters 
working for Aerovac Life Team as a as a crew chief, I guess you would call it, uh, maintaining helicopters for them. And uh, I kind of I've done a lot back and forth in that space. Uh, I uh, I I found out that the the income that I wanted, I would never achieve in that space. And so I was like, okay, I've got to get out of this and go back to jets. So I found a job, um, crewed on G2s and G3s all over the, all over the world doing, uh, work for, um, three letter agencies doing a lot of that type of stuff. Um, a lot of stuff I can't probably talk about, so we won't talk about it, but that was pretty cool. I learned, I learned, uh, that that side of of aviation which is pretty interesting did a lot of humanitarian effort there um and then uh, i became an aog tech for another company and at the same time i was a dom for a company i had i had gained some experience you know so i, I became a dom for one company i was a quality assurance manager for another and an aog tech all at the same time um and just kind of juggling life in that space and so um after a couple of years doing that i uh i decided to branch out and do my own thing um i started i started that company uh 2019 and so we're still here today and we're just trucking away doing that yeah i, I wanted to take a deeper dive in that because i feel like that's fascinating in the in the company that you built and you've also been recognized at the national level through NBA being a 40 under 40 recipient. Um, and so tell us a little bit about that journey of, of what kind of sparked you in terms of starting your own venture and, and, um, and how, how that idea came about. Um, the idea popped into my head. It wasn't, it wasn't about starting an aviation business. It was just start starting a business. Mm. Um, I lost my job at Gulfstream and from then on, I kind of like around 2014, December, I, I remember the day, December 4th, 2014, I lost my job at Gulfstream. Um, I had been there for about five years and I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't be a number anymore is what I felt like. I was like, I've got to figure something out. This is great, you know, finding jobs and stuff like that is great. Yeah. But I want to be able to control my outcome uh and I want to control you know my my daily um I'm not sure what the word is. I just want to I just want more control of, over my life, in all honesty. Yeah. Um and I didn't want somebody else to dictate that for me. And it didn't matter where I went or or who I worked for or whatnot, there was always some type of a lack of control that I felt. Because um, I work hard, man. I'm I'm a really good employee. Um, I I pride myself in 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 that, and uh, I I I work hard for people, man. So, um, really, just uh, kind of sparked the idea. It's like, okay, I've got to I've got to make sure that if if anything happens, I'm not relying on somebody else to take care of me and my family. And so, uh, I started, I started venturing into business and trying to like come up with ideas. I've had a couple of businesses, man. Um, and starting from 2015, 
up until I started this one in 2019. Uh, I think I had four businesses kind of figuring it out. You know, it's a, it's a whole different, it's a whole different uh, lifestyle. It's a whole different, um, you know, I had jobs all at the same time. So I guess now you call it a side hustle, right? That's yeah. what everybody calls it. <laughs> oh, I had a side hustle. So I had these side hustles going on. You know, I was working on helicopters and I was like, okay, let me, let me see what I can do in this space. Let me see if I can figure out a way to jump into this space and, and, and create a business. And so I, I, I tried to start a helicopter AOG company and dude, what I did was <laughs> I opened up a business. I put up a website, I made business cards and that was it. You know, I learned really quickly that nobody cares who you are, man. Yeah. Nobody cares who you are. If they don't know who you are, they're not going to use you. If they don't trust you, they're not going to use you. Um, and, you know, I thought at that point in my life, man, I've been doing this for 15 years. I'm going to just go ahead and put up. Well, I think at that time I was like 10 years, right? Um, I'm going to put up my business card. I'm going to tell a couple people and business will come, you know, build it and they will come, right? That That whole mm -hmm. idea. Uh, but that's not how it works. You know, it's a lot of hustle and grind you really got to get out there and get your name out there. You got to let people know who you are, what you do and all this stuff. Um, so that business got zero calls. <laughs> it was open for a year, got zero calls. Right. Um, and we started dabbling in some other stuff, trying to figure out what to do, but at the same time working my full-time job, three kids at the house. Um, and you know, me and my wife are, building our relationship still you know just everything it's a continuous right family mm -hmm. and life never stops jobs change and stuff like that but that's always continuous uh and so trying to figure out you know how to get this business going i was just super super naive thinking that it's just going to happen you put up a website people are going to call you um needs to say that that didn't work so i was like okay i'm going to start a courier business you know uh did that zero calls whole year, you know, whole year. I, I, and I didn't really do much. So now I know I've learned two major lessons. You know, you've actually got to do stuff to run a business. You can't just say, Oh, I'm a business owner and this is my business card. And this is what we do. Um, you got to do some market research. You got to do some, you got to do some advertising. You got to get out and get to know people. And then I had a woodworking company called Jamaican wood. Um, and uh, I made swing beds for front porches of houses. And I was actually really good at it. We made really good money, man. Um, really, <laughs> I enjoyed the money, but I hated working with wood. Freaking <laughs> hate it, dude. Like, what the passion. You couldn't pay me enough to do that. Um, and so that was pretty crazy to me that, you know, I found a way to do business and to be semi-successful at it. And if I really just stick to it, or stuck to it, we'd probably be a pretty successful business right now. Jamaican Wood would probably be making. Um, we had we had contracts with realtors all over the all over the county, and whenever they sold a house, we'd throw a freaking bet on there. You know, yeah. um, we'd make we could have made some ridiculous amount of money doing it, but I I freaking hated it, um, and so I closed that business down myself um, just because I couldn't I couldn't couldn't do it. Uh, and then I opened uh, another business doing composites, composite repair. I'm, I'm composite certified. Uh, and so I thought that that would be something that I really loved and enjoyed, but um, I still had a lot of learning lessons that I need to learn as a business owner. Um, 
and that business did not work out. So, uh, and I partially closed that for some other reasons too. I kind of felt like I wasn't certified enough, you know? Um, and so there was a lot of self doubt there. Um, meanwhile, the whole time I'm, I'm still working these jobs, you know? Um, and so starting this company, I just made a decision, man. It's, if I'm going to do this, I need to do it, you know? Yeah. Um, and so while I had my jobs, if I was working on my work, I was working. And then when I wasn't, I was working on my company, mm-hmm. um, you know, blasting emails, making phone calls, going to, like I call it now, I call it shaking hands and kissing babies, yeah. going out and meeting people at FBOs. Every FBO I stopped at, you know, I would talk to them, get to know them a little bit, bring some pizza, bring something, you know, give them some gift cards, uh, ask for referrals and meet as many people as I could. And, uh, the business started to pick up. We started to get work. Um, and really I say we, you know, at this time it was just me, um, running around in my Prius with two oxygen bottles in the back and, uh, and some tools, you know, and, um, just meeting and greeting people and understanding. I didn't, I didn't know this at the time, but that was like the biggest catalyst to, to the business growth was going out and touching my customers, going out. And even if they weren't my customer, treating everybody like they were, you know, yeah. treating everybody like they are a person and letting them know like, Hey man, I'm interested in you. And luckily that's something about me. That's just natural. I'll, I'm very interested in people. I'm very interested in getting to know your story, getting to know if there's any way that I can help you you know, or anything like that. And so, um, man, that, that really set, set the work in place. It like set the anchor of the company into people's minds. And, um, the, the aviation field started calling me and then I got in trouble at my job because it was kind of a conflict of interest. Right. Um, kind of, I wasn't taking their customers, but I was taking the overflow of customers. So like, Anybody who wasn't calling them, I was hitting them. You know, any of the low-hanging fruit, I was calling them and calling them and calling them. And I was starting to get a lot of traction, starting to get a lot of work. So much that the customers that we dealt with at my jobs were starting to call me. And I would turn them away just out of moral. My my personal morals was I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna take from the hand that feeds me. Um and that lasted actually even after I left the companies for for a good long time. I didn't talk to any of the customers that that my previous employers were using because I don't want to take food out of, out of their off of their plates, you know. Um, but after after a year or two, you know, I feel like it's free game after that, you know. Um, and really, it's probably free game from the get. But you know, I, I've got my own standards that I hold in that in that regard. Um, but yeah, man, business started to pick up, and it took me forever to jump. I'm not gonna lie, man. I I had jobs until like 2021, so I started the company two years before that. We started to pick up traction by the end of 2019, and uh, we we're starting to pick up a lot of work. January 2020, I got a couple really big jobs, and it really like just um. I was like, I was making more money at my side hustle than I was at my job, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was still afraid to make the jump because it's uncertain, right? That's yeah. the one great thing about having a job is you have a certain, you have some type of certainty that money's going to be coming in. And 
um, you're, you feel taken care of, right? You're insured. You don't have to worry about that type of stuff. You don't have to worry about not knowing where your next paycheck is coming and how you're going to pay your bills. And so even though I was making more money on my side hustle than I was with my job and I'm an aviation technician, you know, working about 90 hours a week, do the math, you know, and I was making yeah. good money, yeah. you know? And so I really didn't want to jump. Um, even though we were making better money, uh, I started to do a mental toughness program called 75 hard. And about midway through that, man, I, I finally built up enough courage uh, to to quit all three of my full time jobs that I was working at, at that time, um, and just jump both feet in, into this company. And even then, it wasn't easy, man. I had like two or three months where it was slow. So I just lost my my guaranteed paychecks. Um, no work was really coming in. We had those big jobs at the beginning of the year, and man, it was slow. It was, it was hard. It was hard to get my customers that were, that we, that, that were using me had left the country and what I didn't know, but they go to Europe for three months, four months at a time. And then they come back to the States and then they'll use me. So right around that time where I quit my jobs, everybody left, you know? <laughs> so nobody was calling me and I didn't have any other clientele And um, really had to learn how to get into places and, and, and make myself, um, make our company known as a, as a, as an asset to other companies so that they can succeed. And the only way to, that I could do that is show up and show face, you know, and, um, start, started doing a lot of stuff, learn, learn a lot of lessons in that, in that time. And I'm still learning lessons today. You know, like every day is a learning lesson for me, man. We just moved into a new office and, you know, um, I'm shifting stuff over again and stuff's getting lost here and there and everything's like, it's kind of a struggle. Right. But I enjoy it. Right. It's, it's my own making. Uh, and so, you know, we're growing and you have to just understand that nothing goes to plan. You know, you, yeah, you can plan anything you want, but you got to adjust, you know, as, as you move, cause stuff's going to change pretty quickly. Yeah, that's so true. And I think there's a misconception when, you know, running your own venture, doing your own business, it's it's easy, but not realizing people don't see what's kind of behind the curtain and the grind that goes into really starting a business and, and gaining that credibility and, you know, doing the grind in terms of shake, like shake, you said, shaking hands, kissing babies. Um, what would you say was that one thing that put you really on that trajectory for growth? Um, just going all in really, you know, having my foot half in like one foot in one side of, and the other foot in the other, mm -hmm. you know, um, you know, burn all the ships, really, you got to burn yeah. them and yeah. you got to turn and run, you know, turn and run at that, at that thing in front of you. Um, a good a good friend of mine talks about the buffalo, right? The buffalo and the deer. When a rainstorm comes or a snowstorm comes, deer hunker down or they run away. Mm -hmm. The buffalo, when they sense a storm coming, they head straight to it. Yeah. So they can get through it, right? Um, and just just understanding that you've got to go towards the storm if you want to grow. Mm -hmm. If you wanna if you wanna get better or you wanna succeed, you gotta go to what kind of scares you. And um 
I've, I've kind of learned that in my life, especially in business. If, if I want to grow, if I start to feel a little nervous about this decision I'm going to make, it's probably where I need to be, you know, you, you know, risk mitigation is important, making sure that you understand your risk and all that stuff. But, you know, being a little uncomfortable is good. You know, at, at least for me, I've learned that being a little uncomfortable in that space uh, helps the company grow. You know, you're always pushing hard. Yeah, I wanted to shift the conversation a little bit. It's really awesome to really unpack, uh, really take a deep dive into your story of really starting your own venture. And one of the things that I really enjoyed when when we we first connected is we've really found that that commonality in faith. And it's really awesome to 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 meet someone like that in our industry, uh, especially because it's not really talked about. And oftentimes, like like you mentioned, you focus on, you know, diving into people's stories, getting to know the individuals. And sometimes, uh, you know, certain environments can be very transactional where, you know, it's more so people, you know, what are they getting out of you? What what can they get out of you and stuff like that to benefit them? But uh, one of the things that we found was very common is is our faith. And so I wanted to to, to kind of take a deep dive in that is, where did your faith journey begin? How did that how how did that start? Where's the root of that? And how has that kind of um been a part of your journey in in the just in, in your story? So I got so I gotta take it way back. Uh when yeah. I was a kid, we actually I, I was telling you about airplanes flying over my house. Um my parents were missionaries um to Samoa. My mom's Samoan and my dad's a white guy from South Georgia. Um, and so they decided they want to be missionaries around fifth grade for me. Uh, and so they moved to Samoa's missionaries. And I found I was, I was, I grew up in the church. Um, and so up until around 13, I had a pretty strong faith. Um, and I hit, I hit a spot where I started to question it and I started to question a lot. And then some, some things happened and I was removed from a church that I was in a church group. Um, and that was my whole network. That was my whole, that was my entire life. These guys, these people that I knew, uh, kind of turned their back on me. Right. And I mm -hmm. took that as, I took that as that was God. Right. Yeah. And, I got super upset at God and I turned my back like completely, man, whatever, whatever passions I had for being a good person and all the motivations I had for being this person of faith and this person that is, uh, like Jesus or like God. Um, yeah. I turned all that passion to the exact opposite. I wanted to be the worst person you ever met. Um, you know, I, I got into a lot of drugs. I got a lot into a lot of, um, uh, pretty bad stuff um so i started getting into a lot of really bad stuff man got super addicted to to whatever drug i could get to um it was just a really bad person to be around even though i still like to get to know people and stuff like that uh you probably wouldn't have liked me in that time of, time of my life so um and that lasts for a really long time man um i went through the, the military uh, still planning on being this negative person, even though, you know, I was trying to serve my country and do, do things. There was still a lot of stuff that I didn't, I didn't 
I could care less about religion at the time. I could care less about God about that time. Um, yeah. And then I, I went to Afghanistan and saw the things that I saw and I felt like it's impossible that there's God. Mm. Impossible. With like, what is the reason for all this happening? You know, if, if there's a God, then why, you know? Um, and so I, you know, I, I, I've completely just turned my back on God and, and kind of went to borderline spectrum of atheist in all honesty. Um, and I started even, even, even when I started this business, I was still very much in that space. I was in a self growth space and kind of started to realize some things about myself and realize stuff about life and realize where I need to be and how to, you know, that I wanted to be a better person, but God was not on my spectrum. And this is around 2019. Um, but a couple of years ago, um, I started meeting people in the space, in the entre entrepreneur space, not in aviation, not in church or whatever, but I met a couple of people in the entrepreneur space. I had some mentors that were guiding me and, you know, throughout the years, I've talked to a couple of people, man, that talked to me about their faith. And I just brush them off, you know, still nice to them or whatever. But, you know, I never really put any second thought to it. And um, I started talking to these guys, man. And this one guy I talked to, man, a good friend of mine, his name's Jesse Piccolo. Um, first day I met him, I asked him, hey, man, what's your passion? What's your desire in life? And he said, dude, I just want to talk about God, dude. And it took me back. I was like, what? <laughs> you know, like, gotta be in my head. I was like, gotta be kidding me. Mm -hmm. Okay. Whatever. You know? Yeah. And then I met a couple other people in that space as well that were kind of doing the same thing, man. Um, you know, they led by example, they're fit, they're in shape, they're successful, but there's something else about them that really, you know, drew me to those guys and I couldn't, I couldn't put my finger on it. Um, but after like deep discussion with these guys and really getting into where, like where their mind was, all these guys had some type of a relationship with God. Right. Mm -hmm. And it started to like, I started to think, man, like maybe there's something to this, you know, these guys all seem happy. They seem well-established in their mindset you know they seem like they're pursuing their dreams and they seem like you know they're content with that you know and i hadn't felt content in a long freaking time man and i hadn't felt happy well i felt happy but you know i don't i don't know how to explain it there's just something about these guys that really drew me to to having conversations with them and over over the the years of my business being in play and my family going through the hardships that we've gone through um you know i really just started to examine all that stuff in my life and see that man i think i think god's been here the whole time mm. you know and really just started to see where all the stuff that i was doing could have went really south man you know, uh, I could have been in jail. I could be a felon, you know, I could be, um, dead in, in combat. Um, you know, all, all this type of stuff that, you know, my business could have went under, you know, I could have lost my job in a much worse way. 
Um, but I just feel like something, you know, God's been there the whole time. And, and, uh, dude, my, my business was going, my business was going into shambles. This one, JP era was going into, was going into shambles, man. We we're, dude, I woke up and I had so much debt. I could never even imagine how much debt I had. Um, and a couple of bills piled on top of that. My team was falling apart. Um, I was losing my mind. Uh, super like, just like the lowest point of my life, dude, in all honesty. And I, I literally stopped my car. I was driving to work or driving to, driving to something. I don't remember what I was driving to, but I stopped my car and I said, God, you know, I, I don't know what you want me to do here. I don't, I don't know what, what's going on here, man, but it's yours, dude. If, if this is what you want to happen to me, then make it happen. And if you don't, then rip the bandaid off. Cause I'm done with it. Like if this is not supposed to be, if I'm not following your will or this is not what you want for me, then take it. Cause dude, I was so stressed out. I'd rather not, not have this business or had any business. You know what I'm saying? Uh, at that point, I could care less about business. My life was in shambles, you know? Um, and I mean, I said that prayer, man, I felt like a, a, a weight was lifted off me. Um, mm-hmm. and all my problems were still here, right? Everything was yeah. still falling apart, but I felt like, you know, I was like, dude, this is how I talk when I pray, man. I'm like, dude, if you want this to happen, put some people in my path that are going to help me. Show yeah. me where you want me to go. Tell me what you want me to do. Give me something, you know? And, uh, dude, little by little, you know, everything has been coming around, right? Think people started to fall in place, you know, um, groups started to appear in my, in my life that weren't even on my radar, you know, mm-hmm. people, people have come and, and been a part of that. And I, and I, and I, you know, give all the credit to God there, you know, cause, um, I don't, I don't think I'd be where I am mentally, physically with my family, you know, with my family life, you know, uh, with my business and my career, you know, that 40 under 40, dude, I don't know how the heck I got that. That just popped up. I wasn't even a member of MBAA at that time, you know, and, and these guys write me up and say, Hey man, this is, and that was just before everything started falling, you know, going crazy in my life. And so like, really just like, you know, giving everything to God and letting him, you know, trying to find that that idea of what what do you want you know um because i'm just an instrument i'm just here you know um and you know i can only control two things and that's my actions and my thoughts there's nothing else i can control i can't control if i'm going to make it to the to the office today that's not under my control you know um and nothing is so i'm just i'm just here riding a wave and following whatever path God's given me, you know, um, and hoping that I'm on the right path. And I think that, you know, through prayer and meditation, um, I'm able to hear God speak to me and and tell me, Hey man, this is a good choice or move this way or, or whatnot, you know? And so that's, that's kind of my faith journey so far. Right. But that's, that's where I'm at. 
Yeah, awesome. And and you know, in the business world, it like I mentioned before, it could be like so difficult to really be open or even talk about this, or even like just setting the right example, right? Being being that that like Jesus person. Um, what are some ways that that you share your faith today, and um and sharing like the love of God to others, um, in the work that you do? It's really the golden rule, man. Treat others yeah. as you want to be treated, right? Um, and that's it, man. I treat, I treat, I try, I try to treat people the absolute best that I can. You know, treat them with respect, tell them that you know I care, I care for them. Um, and that's that's really where it's at, man. It goes down to personal, like me knowing people and my customers. Um, for me and my kids, for me and my wife, for me and my parents, you know, uh, for people that I just meet at the gas station or, you know, the guy who's fueling the airplane, you know, it doesn't matter who they are, you know, yeah. to, to my mechanics, to my team, you know, letting them know that, you know, Hey dude, I care for you. And, you know, you don't have to preach, you know what I'm saying? Like your actions preach, yeah, right. Your actions are, are what's going to, and that's that's what talked to me watching mm -hmm. these guys none of them talked about jesse jesse popped off with that right my yeah. buddy jesse but you know he's he's a he's on a whole nother level right but like some of these guys they don't talk about god man mm -hmm. and they don't need to their actions show showed me like dude there's there's something drawing me to those guys you know mm -hmm. um and so that's that's how i live it out right now is you know, somebody asked me, you know, I'm more than willing to talk to them about it. But until then, man, I'm just going to show you. Yeah. You know, I think yeah. that's the best way to do it. Yeah. I've been rewatching actually the, the chosen series and, and th that's what you see that how, how God is, is shown in that series is like, it was just one person at a time, just loving on people, regardless of who they are, their background, where they came from, what they do is just, is just loving people and just sharing that love. And, um, I think that's, that's truly where it starts. Yeah. 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 Cause yeah. you know, these people, they're out here and they're just like you, man. They've got yeah. insecurities. They've got problems. They've got, you know, some of them got better problems than you do. Some of them got worse problems than you do, you know, and sometimes just being a light and a smiling face and, and saying, I hope you have a good day. Sometimes that's all they need, man. You know, yeah. um, and so that's that's is that's exactly what what I do. You know, yeah. I just try to be a light by by showing them, hey, dude, I'm here. My name's Joe. You know, who are you? You know, what's your story? Yeah. And uh, and even in like the little five minute interaction, dude, the waitress at the at the at the restaurant, dude, you can yeah. look up and smile. You don't have to ignore them. Those are people, too. They're not freaking robots. You know what I'm saying? Um they they want they have emotions and and feelings and thoughts and all that just like you do so yeah. treat them right you know treat their people so treat them all right you know yeah and i think this this really sparks uh some additional like conversation because i think so me myself i've never really historically been open uh open with my faith like at work like to like growing up in the industry uh, until just recently when it was time for this launching the podcast and the book and stuff. 
and it sparked a lot of conversations. And I think, you know, through what, what's gone on through, you know, the um, COVID, which we experienced a couple of years ago. And I think just in the way people are today, I think um, there's a lot of lost people today, a lot of lonely people today, and they're starting to explore what faith is. I know I'm, I'm kind of seeing this uh, kind of from my lens is, you know, they're starting to explore, you know, work is not fulfilling me, you know, just, just uh, being my best, doing my best every day is not fulfilling me. There's got to be something more out there. Uh, there's a higher purpose out there that I need, or I need to explore or understand to be able to have that self-fulfillment that I need people. I, I, I hear this a lot is like, I need something more than something of this world. And so what advice do you have to those that are trying to explore, you know, that work is not fulfilling them. They might be that, you know, successful executive, but they're just not fulfilled and they feel lost and, and lonely. What, what, what advice do you have for when they're exploring this uh, faith as we're talking about? Just, you know, you're obviously hungry for something, you know, just give it a try, you know, try it out see how it works you know yeah. um and and give it the old college try not the not that just i'm going to show up and run through the motions um i don't know like for for me i thought this was all hokey pokey stuff for a long time right uh yeah so i mean you know even even when i was in like i i understood all the stuff and you know went through the motions and and knew how to be and how to act and all that stuff but like really if you reflect on all this stuff man a lot of it's pretty meaningful right um and if you're looking for some type of self-fulfillment um you know helping others is, is always a great a great way to do that but you know you've got to find that that reason why you're doing it and it's not you know it's not just to go to heaven right it's not yeah. to avoid hell, right? Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's more of a humanitarian thing. Being a good, being a good individual, being a good steward towards other people and to Mother Earth itself, right? Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. That's a hard question to to answer. In all honesty, yeah. uh, any any type of advice in that space, you know, it's really like you already have you already have the feeling of of emptiness. You know, uh, I can promise you, I, I felt empty for a long time. Um, mm -hmm. and so, and it's not always super full, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's yeah. not fun. It's not always happy and joyful and yeah. stuff like that. But to know somebody has got my back, um, and that my, my, my steps are guided, you know, uh, is, is a great feeling, you know? Yeah. Even, even myself. I thought, you know, being promoted into these leadership roles in the FBO industry would would fulfill me. But finally reaching my goal of GM or director, I was like the most emptiest that I felt. And, you know, going through that journey, I almost lost sight of myself because I kind of put faith aside. It was more like a chore than something that was a part of me. Yeah. 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 Uh, so as we as we kind of wrap up, um, 
you know, I think we're also at a time where people are wanting to take back control of their destiny, take control back of their time, uh, rather than being a number with a company. And I think a lot of people now are exploring entrepreneurship, uh, starting a new venture, doing something of their own. Um, so what advice do you have for those really seeking to start something new, whether it be a new business, new initiative, new strategy? What what would you say when, when people are trying to start something new? I would say um, if you're going to, if you're going to join or if you're going to, if you're going to start on a new venture, you know, say the business or whatever, you know, it is a big fad right now. A lot yeah. of people are hopping on this entrepreneur bandwagon. Yeah. It looks easy. Instagram <laughs> makes everything look easy. YouTube <laughs> makes stuff look easy. And, you know, we're in a great technical, I can't say that word, technologically advanced time. Yeah. And creating something out of nothing is a lot easier than it was before. But yeah. I can promise you that it's not easy. You know, they make it look easy on these Instagram so that you follow them and you buy their stuff. Mm -hmm. They make it look easy on social so that you go out and try and do it and you buy their stuff. It's a lot harder than it looks. And these people, if, if you're looking towards coaches and stuff like that, uh, and all of their followers are, are, if they make their, look at what they make and like the money they make and see if most of their money comes from their business or if most of their money comes from coaching. If most of their money comes from coaching, they're scamming you. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And so, um, just be careful about what choices you're going to make. Do some risk mitigation. But, dude, if you're really in it, just buckle up for the ride because it's crazy. And it's tough. And it's hard. But it is super fulfilling. You know? Um, but uh, it it is not easy whatsoever. If you're going to go out and do this, uh, it takes a lot of mental toughness. It takes a lot of grit. It takes a lot of perseverance. A lot of selflessness. Uh, a lot of sleepless nights. A yeah. lot of sacrifice, a lot of all of the aboves, right? Just a whole bunch of a whole bunch of stuff. But you know, it. And I'm not trying to scare anybody from from moving to their new strategy or moving to their new venture or, or you know applying for your opportunity. Um, I guess I guess the main thing would be understand what you want your life to look like, mm -hmm. completely, right? Have a vision of where you want to be. Does that mean? Maybe you're not looking for a new venture in life. Maybe you just want to get physically fit and you don't understand that that's where you're lacking, right? Like, oh man, I'm not fulfilled with my job. I'm not fulfilled with this, but you know, and I can't play with my kids, but I really want to play with my kids. Well, getting a new job or starting a new company doesn't mean you're going to be playing with your kids, you know, like, yeah. uh, you know, you might need to just hit a treadmill and, and change your diet, you know, just understand what your vision is. And really it just takes 15 minutes, 20 minutes a day just sit down and think about where do I want to be in the future? And I think we all, we all talk about this, you know, it's the new year just came. So everybody has new year's resolutions and all this stuff coming out, but understanding where you actually want to be in your life, like not what your wife wants to be, not what your parents told you to be, not mm -hmm. what your pastor tells you to be, not not what your lead or your mechanics or your your dom or your quality assurance manager all these people tell you what to be what do you want to be yeah figure that out 
take a couple minutes, sit down and think, what do I want to do with my life? Once you figure that out, now you can weed out opportunities and strategies and, and kind of like chart a path. And it's, it's not the easiest thing to do to figure out because there's a lot of stuff that, you know, we all want to be. Um, but I can, I can promise you that your wants are unique to you. Right. I don't want what Cameron wants. Cameron doesn't want what I want. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? And so whatever, whatever I want, I'm able to see that and I backtrack it to today and I say, okay, this is what I need to do to get there. Right. Um, and so that's, that's what you need to do. Right. You need to really sit back and focus on what you want to be doing, kind of create a vision for yourself of where you're going to be and then execute your strategy because mm -hmm. you don't want to just make random decisions and random moves and stuff like that. Cause you'll just end up nowhere, you know? Yeah. Um, so at least have, if it's not like a super clear picture, at least a vague one. I'm reading this book by Arnold Schwarzenegger, just finished it called Be Useful. He talks about having a vision for his life. When he was younger, his only vision was coming to America. He didn't know that he was going to be Mr. Olympia seven times and Mr. Universe five times. Yeah. He just knew he wanted to come to America. And that was on his mind, on his mind. And then he figured out, Oh, bodybuilders are in America. I can become a bodybuilder. And then his path kind of charted. He's like, I'm going to do that. He went both feet in. Right. And that's how he created his path to America and created his, his life that he's living now is he started to envision what he actually wanted for himself. Even though his parents were telling him, you're never going to go to America. Even though all the students in the schools were telling him, you're never going to go like, that's a stupid dream. You're from Austria, a little town who goes to America from here. You know, you're going to be a cop when you grow up just like your dad, you know, mm -hmm. but he didn't listen to him. He created that vision himself, understood what Arnold wanted. And he created that. Right. So yeah. um, I think that would be the, the biggest thing is just understanding where you want to actually be and then make your decisions based on that. Yeah, that's so true. And, and sometimes, especially like when you're new to a company, new to the industry, new to the workforce, it can be really hard to really listen to the right voices because, you know, there's, there's going to be people in your life that tell you, you should do this, you should do this, whether it's your family, your coworkers, your superiors. Um, I remember I had my very close mentor in the industry on episode one, and we talked about there was a time where I was, I was yes, yeah, always yes to him, yes to the next opportunity, yes, yes, yes. And there was one time where there was an opportunity that didn't feel right. And it, it hurt so much, but I had to say no. And um, he was very offended by it. But, you know, as we reflected on that episode one, I was right. I should, I should, I should have said no, because if I had said yes, it wouldn't have worked out in the way I wanted kind of the vision for my career growth, whatever you call it. But you're so right. Setting the vision for yourself. What do you want? What what do you feel is going to fulfill you where, what kind of freedoms are you looking for? Whether it's time, you know, especially with starting your new venture, of course, like Joe, you know, it's, it's not easy to, to start a venture and get it on a trajectory for growth. But when you do, you get a little bit of some freedoms and those freedoms are different for everyone, of course. Yeah. 
yeah, if you're if you're if you're going to be doing that, you know, just it, it. I love that you said, you know, you were able to say no to an opportunity. You know what? You know what vision and clarity of vision gives you? It gives you an understanding of the opportunities that are in front of you. And it weeds your opportunities out to the ones that actually matter. Yeah. Right. And so like, you know, now you have an actual opportunity to get to that vision or get to that idea that you want, because if somebody comes to me and offers me an obscene amount of money for my company, which has happened, Mm -hmm. I'm able to say no and not feel bad about it, even though it would be great to have that money. Right. Um, But I know what I want to build this to. Right. I know what I want to create and that opportunity would have not created that. And it wouldn't have helped me get anywhere else in any of my other visions or for my life, like any of those other spaces in my life. And so it's an easy. No, mm-hmm. it's, you know, I know that one was hard, right. And some of them are, but a lot of the bigger decisions are very easy. It's like, no, I, I don't need that. I don't need that yeah. today. And that's not where we're going. We're going here and this is where we're going to be. You know, this is my path. And so it's an easy yes to certain decisions as well. You know, it kind of guides you into that trajectory where you're going. Mm. And uh, as we as we kind of close, um, you know, as as you kind of move on in, in having your own venture and I think also walking in faith, there's a lot of, um, how should I say it? Like personal growth is a huge part Um in getting better, bettering yourself, having the right mindset. So what are the, some of the things that you listen to or read um, to kind of keep you uh, developing and keep you, keep you growing? I do a lot. Uh, I do a lot of reading. Um, I tried to read uh, books that are like Relentless by Tim Grover, um, 75 Hard by Andy Frisella, Max Out by Ed Milet, a bunch of books by Ed Milet. Um, Power of Intention by Dwayne, Dwayne, I can't remember his last name. Sorry. Yeah. Power of Intention. Um, I can look it up real quick. Give me one second. Um, there's a lot of books in this space, man. You know, um, T.D. Jakes, probably one of my favorite authors. John Maxwell, probably one of my favorite authors. This guy's really, really makes stuff. And John Maxwell has written so many books on leadership and self-development and faith and all that like fantastic uh books right and you know you don't have to have a physical mentor right now Mm -hmm. books books written by people they're going to tell you the mistakes that they that they've made the lessons they learned from them and they can be your personal mentor Mm -hmm. right then and there they wrote that book to help you out and so um i do a lot of reading um I also do uh, 75 hard. If, if you don't know what 75 hard is, it was created by Andy Frisella. It is a workout program, but it is a mental toughness program help to build, help to, or is created to help you create discipline in your life, mental toughness. Um, and so uh, that is a really good program. If you want to look at it up, uh, I, I would highly encourage you if you're looking for something to kind of help you set your tone and, and, uh, gain some control over your life 75 hard is a great program and it's not easy but it can be done um and once you're done with it i can promise you it's going to change your freaking life um let me look at this power intention any uh 
podcasts that you listen to on a regular basis? You know, I used to listen to a lot of podcasts, man. Yeah. And I really stopped. Um, yeah. You know, honestly, um, sometimes, sometimes, well, okay. So if you're going to start a business, the real business owners podcast is really good. Uh, yeah. It's some guys that are out of Utah um, and they talk about how, you know, the struggles you're going to run through in a business and stuff like that. Uh, and they kind of mentor you through that space and they've got like 300, 400 episodes now. So they're a phenomenal resource and it's absolutely free. Um, I listen to, sometimes I listen to real AF with Andy Frisella. Uh, I listen to the Ed Milet podcast. They're both really good. Um, I listen to going rogue with Angie Manson, really good podcast. Um, uh, she is, uh, she, she runs a couple drug rehabs in, uh, the West coast and uh, just a phenomenal person really great stories but um, I listen to a lot more audiobooks than I do podcasts these days in all oh, honesty yeah yeah, yeah. Cool. yeah. Um, The Power of Intention was written by Wayne Wayne Dwyer okay um, Dr. Wayne Dwyer he, he wrote a bunch of books too uh, he's like the original self-help guy right yeah um, Sadhguru is a good writer as well. He writes a lot of really good books. Um, but you know, if you're if you're looking in the space to grow, you know, nothing better than a book to read and yeah. you know, digging into it. Yeah. Well, awesome. Well, Joe, this was a a, a great conversation. We we touched on a lot, and uh, it was great to to learn more about you and and your your story. I appreciate the opportunity, man. Thank you very much for having me on. And uh, I look forward to catching up with you. Yeah, for sure. I think we just uh, touched the surface. So we'll have to uh, have you on again down the line. To, I'm sure there'll be more to talk about in the future. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, right. man. Well, thank you. Thank you again, Joe. Yeah, man. Have a great day. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to Navigation and Discovery with Cameron Singh. I really hoped hearing from Joe and his story really inspired you and you were able to learn some uh, tips or some nuggets of, of learning from this interview. Just hearing from Joe's story, uh, not only on the business side, but also his faith journey, uh, how he developed his passion for aviation and through his struggles. And I really hope that you enjoyed this podcast interview. If this is your first time tuning into the podcast, feel free to subscribe or catch up on some of the previous episodes. And when you subscribe, you'll get a notification when the next episode goes live. And also you can find the episode on YouTube if you would like to watch the episode if you're more of a visual person. And you can find that out on my website at CameronSing.com. And as Joe mentioned, Joe and I connected actually, uh, he got a copy of my book and read it and found, we found some commonality. He reached out to me, sent me an email and that's how we ultimately connected and started developing a good friendship, uh, from a distance. I'm in Denver and he's in the Atlanta area. So it's been awesome getting to know Joe. So if you haven't gotten a copy of my book, navigation and discovery, a path of navigating and discovering through your journey of faith. It's a glimpse of my story, just like Joe's story. Um, and you can find that out on CameronSing.com, which is my website. And you can find the links there as well and get the book in whichever format suits well for you. 
Thank you again for tuning in to Navigation and Discovery with Cameron Singh, and we will catch you next week on the next episode. Take care.